Welcome to the podcast for Green Hill Church. You can find out more information about Green Hill Church and how to take your next step with Jesus online at greenhillchurch.com. Amen. You may be seated. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Luke chapter 2 this morning. It says this, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went from Galilee, the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, they came, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, she treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Merry Christmas. It doesn't get much better than that. Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming to worship our Lord and Savior. Those of you who are worshiping with us online, thank you. The King of kings, the Lord of lords deserves all praise in all glory. Amen. For he has come. For he has come. You know, it's interesting if you look all throughout Luke and if you read the entire gospel there, you'll notice that there are a handful of times that different people encounter Jesus, encounter a, a different reality of his life and what he's doing. And there's a common theme, a common phrase that stands out in it. They ask this question, who is this? 
who is this? Can you imagine being there in that time? Here's this man walking through this city or this village, and he's forgiving sins, and he's healing people, and he's teaching with this authority that they had never seen or heard before. And they're in awe, and they're in shock, and they simply have no response other than, who is this? In Luke chapter 5, verse 21, the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? They said he was speaking blasphemies because he was forgiving their sins. And they asked the question, who can forgive sins but God alone? In Luke chapter 7, verse 49, there was a woman who was a sinner from town. That's how she's described in the text. She's known as the sinner of the city. And there she is entering into this fellowship that Jesus is having with the Pharisees. How dare her? And she comes in and she wipes his feet with her tears. And Jesus has an encounter with her and he forgives her sins. And these Pharisees asked this question. He said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and they marveled, saying to one another, excuse me, this is the wrong verse. And those who were at the table began saying to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? In other words, they were in shock that Jesus would forgive this woman's sins. In Luke chapter 8, what I just read, what we're beginning to read, the disciples, they're on a boat. And this storm is engulfing the boat. And they were fearful of their lives. They were endangered. And so they get Jesus and he just calms the storm. He brings peace. He brings shalom. It's all settled. And in response, they say, where, and Jesus says, where is your faith? And they say, and they were afraid and they marveled, saying to one another, who then is this that he commands even the winds and water and they obey? Who then is this, they ask? Who is this? In Luke chapter 9, Herod is had heard of the mighty works of this Jesus that is walking the earth and simply says this, John, I beheaded, but who is this about whom I hear such things? Who is this? Who is this Jesus that was born in Bethlehem? Who is this Jesus that arrives to the tune of angels singing glory to the highest? Who is this Jesus who is prophesied about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before? Who is this Jesus that we gather, that we would gather this morning on Christmas morning to prioritize? Who is this Jesus? This morning, as we had looked at and read Luke 2, it's the Christmas story. It's the story of the birth of Jesus. I want to f- focus in on a particular verse that I believe helps us answer this question, who is Jesus? Look at verse 11 with me. It says, for unto you is born this day. How appropriate, isn't it? How exciting for us to be able to worship and gather and discover who this Jesus is on this day, the day that we celebrate his birth. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. First, let me look at the advent of Jesus, the advent. We've been, we've been discussing advent for the last four weeks, and it's the culmination of it. It's, it's, it's come. The, the, the idea of advent is this expectation of the arrival of the Christ, and today we know that he has come, and the text tells us that 
He's born this day. So this arrival, this expectation, the anticipated waiting for the moment to come. Now, those of you who were a little bit antsy last night and couldn't go to sleep, the anticipation, the desire, the, the longing for the, the moment that you can wake up on Christmas morning, and there's your presence, there's your gifts. Imagine for hundreds of years this anticipation, this waiting, this, this moment, and here it had come. It says in the scripture that today a Savior is born. It had come to pass. If you go back in verse 1, it's in those days, verse 6, the time came, verse 11, this day. In other words, there was a moment, a specific moment in time that God had orchestrated and ordained and set in motion from the beginning, Galatians 4, 4, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. Did you know it was no accident that Jesus was born on the day that he was born and the time that he was born and the culture he was born to, the people he was born and the city he was born? It was all orchestrated by God and his divine plan for one purpose and one purpose only. We talked about that last night. You will name him Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. The time had come and it was here. See, the timing aligned to fulfill all the prophecies that had been declared and stated. The time had come in history where the infrastructure and the roads and the Roman rule for peace led to opportunities for travel. The time had come where there was a common culture and language in the Greek world where language would allow the gospel to spread to the ends of the earth. The time had come. The time had come where God knew that there would be persecution for those Christians, and in that persecution, it would scatter them to the uttermost parts of the world to fulfill the exact purpose for which he came, to spread the news of the gospel. The good news, that is for what? Scripture says, for all people. All people. The arrival had come, the advent had come, not just in time, but in space as well. The, the very location, Bethlehem, it's known as the birthplace is the king of David, the king David. We know that the scripture says that there would come from the lineage of David, one whose throne would never end. It would be an eternal throne. And so Jesus is born there in Bethlehem. And I love it. Jesus, who is God comes and dwells among us. Emmanuel, God with us. He was with Adam and Eve in the garden. He was with the people in the wilderness. He was with the people in the tabernacle. He was with the people in the temple. And then all of a sudden, he was with the people physically, in body form, in the form of a baby. I, I, was, I was looking at your sweet baby back here earlier during the welcome time. And there's just something special about young children in Christmas, isn't there? And as we think about that and just the, 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 the preciousness and, and the greatness of that and, and just the imagery of that Jesus comes in that form, humble, helpless, helpless, but yet fully God all at the same time. And here he was before us. In church, we gather today that Jesus didn't just come in the form of flesh. He now has come and dwells within us. He dwells within us. He lives within us for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. 
this verse, for unto you, the, the, the word there is, um, you, you know, for you language people, it's a date of, of advantage, meaning that the arrival of Jesus meant something for the shepherds. It was of benefit for them, which means it's of benefit for us. He's come for us. Verse 10 reminds us, as I said, he's come for all people. Did you know this morning that Jesus Christ came for you? You specifically? The very one who created you, formed you, knows you, every intricate detail of your life. Jesus came for you. This is who he is. This is what he's done. He has come and he has orchestrated all of this for this moment, for this purpose, for this time. Church, don't you think that we can allow him and trust him with our lives? We can rest in his providence. We can rest in his control. We can rest in who he is and what he's doing, even when we can't see it. The advent of Christ. Secondly, in this verse, I want to look at the announcement of Jesus. There's an announcement made about Jesus. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. What? Who is Christ the Lord? This baby, he's born and he is known as, and there's three titles given, Savior, Christ, and Lord. This is very interesting because all three of these titles, we see them all throughout Scripture, but very rarely, if actually this may actually be the only place in Scripture that all three are together. And what's interesting about that is is it, it, it helps us understand and answer that question, who Jesus is. He is Savior. This term means deliverer. In the Old Testament, we have that term for God. God is the one who is Savior in the Old Testament. He delivers people from all sort of peril, from enemies, from disease, all of these things. God in the Old Testament is Savior. He delivers. In fact, in Judges chapter 3, verse 9, the people cry out to God, who is a God of salvation. It says this, but when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the people of Israel who saved them, Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. In other words, they cried out to God. And they said, we need sal- salvation. We need Savior. So God raises up a deliverer. He raises up a Savior for them, a judge. And all throughout the Old Testament, God is doing this. He is saving his people, but it's temporary. It's temporary. In Luke chapter 1, verse 47, Mary cries out in worship to God after she discovers that God has given her this, this son that she would bear. She says this. She calls out to God, my God, my Savior. Why? Because God is one who saves. But now this son, Jesus, is given this title. Jesus himself is coming to be the Savior. The one who will deliver by conquering and defeating all enemies that we have. The greatest enemy is not a nation or an army, but it is Satan and sin. Jesus is Savior. Last night, if you were here for our Christmas Eve service, we looked at the reality that his name would be called Jesus because he will save people from their sins. It wasn't a might. It wasn't a hopefully. It was a he will 
do this. His title is Savior. But his title is also the Christ. The Christ. And yeah, sometimes we hear Jesus Christ and we see those two terms together and we mistakenly think that Christ is his last name. Jesus is his first name. Christ is his last name. But Christ is actually a title. It's the New Testament term for the Old Testament term Messiah. It means it's the one who is anointed, the conquering one, the, the one that they were expecting for years and years and years, the one who was to come, the promised king who would be from the line of David, the king whose reign would never end, the one who would finally deliver his people. Now, they were looking for a king to come and deliver them from the Roman Empire, but God understood that they need deliverance from something even more. He is the Christ. We see that his life gave evidence to him being the Christ as he did all that he did and then ultimately went to the cross and by the power of God rose from the dead, conquering death, conquering sin. This baby who came on that day was the Christ. Now it's interesting in Acts chapter 5 verse 42, the apostles after Christ had ascended to heaven. It says every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not, listen, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. It matters that we understand who Jesus is, that he wasn't just a good teacher. He wasn't just a good man. He wasn't just a good role model. He wasn't just a prophet. He wasn't any of these things. He was the Christ. He was the expected one, the waiting one, the one that would deliver, the one, the only one who can save. This is who Jesus is. And they wanted to make sure that every person knew. So they went from town to town and house to house proclaiming it. Why? Because he is the Christ. Church, his rule is eternal as the Christ. Nothing can stop him. He will restore all things for his people. He is a God of justice, and he will be victorious in the end. And you can rest this morning in knowing that the Christ will deliver you. We also see the title Lord. He is the Lord. Now, it's interesting that this word Lord is used for this baby, that somehow this baby who is in a manger is Lord. The name Lord is used as the personal name of God himself in the Old Testament. In Luke chapter 1, verse 32, it says this, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. In other words, Lord God, the word Lord represents God the Father, Adonai, the, 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 the Godhead, the, the, the true living God. This is who God is. But now this baby is called Lord. What does this mean? It means that God himself is lying in a manger. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? This is who God is. And so this is why they come and they bow before him. They submit to him. They surrender to him. They listen to him. And he calls us to abide in him and to rest in him and believe in him. And in so doing, we will experience and find life in this baby. In this baby. 
The word Lord is a picture of ruler, of authority, of master, of calling us to surrender and submit to him. And church, can I just say to you that many times there are many people who look to Jesus and they want him to be their savior, but have a difficulty with allowing him to be their Lord. But the scripture says that he is savior and Lord. We can't separate the two. We can't simply just say, Jesus, I need you to get me to heaven, but I don't want you to be Lord of my life. He is Lord of all, and he longs to be Lord of your life. Peter reminds us when he's proclaiming to the crowd preaching about this Jesus after the resurrection in Acts 2.36, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him, listen, both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. And sometimes we think, well, it was the resurrection, it was the cross, it was this that led to this, this uh, him becoming Christ the Lord. No, the scripture says it, it wasn't that, he was born this way. He's been Lord from the beginning. He is Lord for all time. He is Lord eternal. The evidence of that, the proof of that, was simply just the resurrection. So listen, when he shows up, he is already Lord. So the question that I want to just offer us this morning as we finish up is, why does this matter? Why does it matter that we wrestle with this question of who is Jesus? Why does it matter? Why does it matter that he's Savior, why he's Christ, why he's Lord. Can I just say, here's why it matters, because without this Jesus, this Savior, this Christ, this Lord in us, we're just living artificial lives. We're just getting through. I brought a Christmas tree this morning, seeing that it's Christmas. And uh, this, is, this is a good looking tree, isn't it? I brought some ornaments this morning to decorate this tree with. And you'll recognize some of these. This one right here, what does it say? Peace, right? We talked for the last several weeks about how we are people searching and longing for peace, aren't we? We need peace in our heart. We need peace in this world. What does this one say? Joy. Don't you want joy? I, I, you know what I long for is we build culture here at Green Hill Church. I long that this place is a place of joy. There's enough trouble out there. So when people come in here, I want them to experience joy. You know how they're going to experience joy? As if we're a people of joy. Let's be a people of joy. We long for joy. Anybody know what's next? What's this one? Hope. Whew. Imagine life without hope. The despair, the darkness that comes with that. We long for hope. And then the last one, you know it. Love. God is love, isn't he? We long for love. We long to be loved. We want love in our life. Now here's what's interesting about this tree right here. This tree is an artificial tree. There is no life in this tree. Sometimes there are people who are walking through life looking for peace and joy and hope and love. And the only 
way they know to go about doing it is to somehow just find it and put it on themselves. You ever, you ever put on joy on the outside knowing that there was no joy on the inside? If you ever tried to pretend that you were at peace when your heart is just broken? If you ever tried to find hope knowing that you had no hope? Artificial love, we know it. See, this is why it matters who this Jesus is. Because when Jesus comes within us, we're no longer an artificial tree. Now, it'd be really great if I brought a living tree up here to finish this illustration that somehow like grew love and joy and peace out of it. That doesn't exist. I looked on Google. But here's, here's, the, here's the illustration. A living Christmas tree. You can't see it growing. You can't even really see the life in it. You can feel it. It feels different. You can smell it. It smells different. But you're not going to sit there and put it in your house and just within a few days watch it grow. But there's growth in it. There's life in it. Church, it's the same thing. When Christ is in us, this Christ who is Savior, who is Christ, who is Lord, when he is in us, we are alive. And the scripture says that when we abide in him, we will bear much, what? Fruit. And we don't have to try to put on these pretty ornaments on the exterior of our life because he is birthing it within us. This is why Jesus Christ has come to give you life, and life abundant. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for Jesus. We thank you that Jesus was sent, motivated and driven by your love for your people. And God, we're reminded this Christmas morning that this day, Unto us, a Savior was born. His name is Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. He carries the title Savior. He is the Christ. He is Lord. So, Lord, we have come this morning to adore him, to worship him. We rejoice that we have life We have life abundant in him. So, Lord, I pray for every believer that's in this room this morning. God, would you fill them? Would you grow within them your joy, your peace, your hope, and your love? God, may they bear that fruit. God, may they not try to put it on themselves, but may they seek you and abide in you and find it in you. Lord, I pray for the person in this room who doesn't know you who doesn't have a relationship with you, who quite honestly is more like this artificial tree that there's no life inside. Lord, you created them to have life and meaning in you. God, I pray that this Christmas would be their day of salvation, that you by your spirit would draw them to yourself and they would see their need for you and in faith and repentance turn to you. Lord, we trust you for that. Lord, we rejoice your goodness your grace. And all God's people said, amen. Amen.
We have a song, right? Couldn't remember. We're going to stand and we're going to respond in the joy and the glory of our King who has come. If this morning you don't know Jesus Christ, come grab me. Come grab Pastor Casey, Pastor Cameron, Pastor Ricky, somebody at the end of the service. Grab us. We want to walk you through. We want to help you know this Jesus. Let's sing together. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Green Hill Church. For more information about Green Hill Church, go to greenhillchurch.com. Thanks for listening.